Kenya's fuel crisis, Moody's new rating for South Africa and a 200 basis point jump by the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. All this and also Bank of Uganda's explanation on why they're not too keen on dividend payments in the banking sector. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I'm Ruth Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. The Bank of Uganda insists it's not yet safe enough for the banking industry to start paying dividends to their shareholders two years since this was suspended. Following the outbreak of COVID-19 in 2020, the banking sector or the banking industry was given guidelines to survive the pandemic, and these included suspension of payment of dividends to shareholders. Now, as the country goes into the third year since then, investors in the banking industry are querying the continued suspension of the dividend payments, yet companies have been making profits. The Bank of Uganda Director of Commercial Banking, Hannington Waswa, explains the Bank of Uganda's stance on dividend payments. No one expected that we would have COVID. No one knew um, the scale of its impact. So we, we gave a tentative position that we shall not allow banks or supervise financial institutions for that matter to pay dividends until after we've uh, seen where the economy is heading and, and where the virus uh, is taking us. Initially, it was for a period of three months, but after three months, it looked like uh, COVID was still with us. The period was extended uh, to 12 months and eventually 18 months. During that time, so many things happened. Uh, so many people lost their jobs. Uh, a number of people lost their livelihoods and businesses collapsed. When you're a regulator of the banking industry, you wouldn't want to see a bank collapsing, uh, especially under circumstances which you can't control. Uh, that's why we said, no, let's not pay dividends for now and, and we wait and see what happens in the coming months. Uh, in October, the credit relief measures were lifted save for the hospitality and the education sector, because those two sectors were still under partial lockdown. And we gave ourselves another period of 12 months until 30th September 2022 to see what happens. In the interim, Bank of Uganda rolled out a new capital framework, the Basel II framework. Under this framework, banks are supposed to make provisions for hold capital for the different risks that they have on their books. Previously, everything would be converted to credit equivalents. Now you have to break down the risks, break down your capital holdings to the different risks you're holding. Credit risk, market risk, uh, operational risk, concentration risk. So to be able to continue operating as a bank or a credit institution or a microfinance because taking institution, you'll need to hold capital covering each of those risks. But if you feel that you hold sufficient reserves and you think you need to pay dividends, you'd have to prepare what we call an internal capital adequacy assessment report that we review. And if it is satisfactory, you'd be allowed to pay dividends. We are not yet there because it's only in September that the credit relief program was lifted. And the actual effect of COVID is yet to be felt. Because when we rolled out the relief program, we requested banks to, to cease fire with their borrowers, allow them breathing space so that their businesses can be resuscitated and, and, and operate normally. Now, if, if you look at how capital is raised, the most reliable source of capital is retained earnings. 
the earnings that have been generated from the business. The next best alternative is borrowing, but borrowing comes with, with its own challenges. And the third one is from uh, equity holders, equity shareholders. For now, we are requesting Stanbic and indeed the other players in the market first retain whatever they've generated to do the business they are doing uh, in a more sustainable way. And then in future, we shall review the request. Because I, I, I don't think any one of you, either a shareholder or a stakeholder, you'd be interested in hearing that Stanbic is borrowing money in the market because they paid out dividends and they can't do what they intend to do. Or they've run to the shareholders to look for more funds because they initially paid out dividends, they've exhausted their uh, borrowing lines, and now finally they've gone to the equity holders. So colleagues, investors, just give us a little bit more time to first get out of this period, then we shall begin the conversation again. And a quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast. Kenya's government will pay subsidy arrears to petrol retailers this week as it seeks to allay fears of potential fuel shortages and forestall a crisis. Like other frontier economies, Kenya is reeling from a surge in crude oil prices since last year, which has forced it to start subsidizing retail prices. The government of East Africa's biggest economy rolled out a fuel subsidy in April last year to cushion consumers from the surge in the price of oil in international markets. It has so far spent 36 billion shillings, that's about $313 million, subsidizing fuel, which has helped stabilize prices at the pump and keep inflation within the government's preferred band. But the latest jump is causing cash flow problems at some smaller fuel retailers, leading to supply shortages and the hardships have been compounded by delays in the payment of subsidies to the companies by the government. Moody's Investor Service changed South Africa's sovereign credit rating outlook to stable from negative and affirmed that the debt grade at BA2, citing the key driver behind the revision, the improved fiscal outlook that raises the likelihood of government's debt burden stabilizing over the medium term. The agency noted that South Africa's fiscal position has markedly recovered from the pandemic thanks to government's fiscal consolidation measures and positive external developments, in particular due to high commodity prices. Moody's expects that the government will continue to pursue its fiscal consolidation strategy. Standard and Poor's credit rating for South Africa stands at BB- with a stable outlook. Fitch credit ratings for South Africa was last reported at a BB- with a stable outlook. The Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe raised its overnight lending rate by 20 basis points to 80% from 60% during a monetary policy meeting held in April of 2022 amid concerns over inflationary pressures as a consequence of the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. While noting the declines in the month-on-month inflations from 6.9% in February of 2022 to 6.3% in March of 2022, the committee is concerned with the escalation in annual inflation from 66.1% to 72.7% over the same period. Rising prices of oil, gas, fertilizers and other related products had the effect of increasing global inflation and inevitably had a negative impact on domestic cost of production and was destabilizing the foreign exchange market. And a quick look at the markets. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange All Share Index was up trading at 76,220 level, up 0.4% from last week's close 
driven by gains in technology and commodity-linked stocks. Among the individual stocks, top gainers include retail giant Woolworths, adding more than 5%, and Naspers, adding a 2.1%, followed by commodity stocks like Anglo Gold Ashanti, adding 1.8%, Goldfields Limited, adding 0.9%, and Kumba Iron Ore and Impala Platinum. In contrast, gains were limited by Capital and Counties, Mundi, Nedbank Group, and Anglo American. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Pusadong.